0: This is Self Care U with Scott, and today on the show we dive deep into the conversation of leadership with Zach Hoffman. While playing football in college, Zach came to the realization that his dreams of playing in the NFL were over. It's true what they say, as one door closes, another one opens. This is exactly what happened to Zach. He made a decision to leave college and head back home, but little did he know his journey would send him overseas to Europe in 2012 where he would become a player coach for the sport that he loves in six different countries. Using his experience in leadership and the adversity he has faced, Zach was inspired to write a book describing the SWAL leadership strategy. Zach has determined that he was never meant to play in the NFL, but his true destiny was to inspire and mentor young athletes to reach their full potential. Zach believes that this is the lasting legacy he wants to leave behind. Today we have a conversation about chasing your dreams facing adversity, or the importance of leadership and mentorship. This is Self Care U, and we're about to level up with coach and author of The Swal Leadership Strategy, Zach Hoffman. what's good everyone thanks for sticking around for another episode of the self-care you podcast and today we have an awesome conversation with my guy zach hoffman and perfect timing because self-care you has begun our level up leadership program and what a better way to kick it off than to have a premier leadership coach so let's just get into this conversation but first here's a message from our sponsor The Self-Care You podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Into Thrive. The team at Into Thrive believe that obtaining a healthy lifestyle is not as hard as it seems. Into Thrive is built on the four pillars of success, motion, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. But maybe the most valuable part of the program is that they have non-judgmental accountability. I speak from experience. I took the metabolic reset and lost over 30 pounds, but it wasn't by starving myself and eating food that doesn't taste good. It's a well thought out nutritional plan that doesn't hit your bank account. It's strong motivation from a mindset expert and it's accountability. If you're pushing to lose that COVID weight or just want to be healthy into thrive is the right place. Be sure to check them out at www.intothrive.com to start the conversation today. Today on the show, we have the opportunity to sit down with an awesome leadership coach Zach Hoffman. Zach, how you doing my man?
1: I'm good, Scott. really appreciate you having me on. i um, definitely looking forward to talking to you about some leadership and,
0: yeah, ready to get into it. Yeah, man. So you come from across the Atlantic Ocean. Give our listeners a little bit about yourself, you know, what you're up to and what you do.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. Well, my story, um, I would say, kind of starts, you know, I grew up in the States, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you know, like many kids, I grew up loving sports, uh, really took to play football, baseball, and basketball growing up. Um, however, I was really taken to, to football as a young person, as a young kid, and especially the quarterback position. Um, I remember, you know, staying up late, watching Monday night football with, you know, the Jersey of the quarterback who was playing that night and just kind of reenacting the game myself. Uh, so you could say that's all I wanted to do, you know, growing up was just become a professional athlete. Um, you know. However, you know now I look back on I'm very thankful, but uh, my journey kind of shifted, shifted its path uh, in my college years. You know, I kind of had a, I guess you would say, a moment where I realized that hey, going to the NFL wasn't going to happen for me. It was something I never really wanted to admit, but you know, you know, as a five foot ten quarterback playing at a uh, Division two school, the odds aren't very good. And I guess it kind of all just hit me at once that hey, you know. You're going to have to find a different path to your life. And, you know, I made the decision. I never forget it. I was sitting in my dorm room uh, and it just kind of all hit me a rust of emotions. My identity, you know, I kind of lost my identity and I had to rediscover myself. And at that point, I had no idea what was going to come. But all I know, all I knew was that I needed to make a drastic change in my life. And I didn't know what that drastic change was, but I decided, okay, Um, I'm going to drop out of school, I'm going to go back home, I'm going to start working, and we'll see what happens. Um, And, you know, long story short, I worked about two weeks at a construction job, laying cement in the hot summer. And I said, yeah, this is definitely not what I want to do. So that woke me up as well. Um, But I would say my journey and my story kind of happened by chance in a lot of ways. And I feel like you know a lot of things lined up, um, which helped me now realize that my destiny and, you know, my identity that I originally thought, you know, being a professional athlete was limiting myself in so many ways because I was, I feel like now looking back, you know, being a 30-year-old guy, um, realizing the potential that was in me now. But, you know, back then, you know, I just strictly thought about, you know, my, my identity and my purpose was to play sports and play quarterback. But thank God that I realized that. Uh, now and looking back, you know, everything happened for the, re- the reasons, uh, you know, that it should have. And uh, that helped me really become a believer in, you know, if you're willing to take risks in life um, and realize that, hey, and go towards adversity rather than run from it, then you're really putting yourself in a position to reach your true potential as a person. And that's kind of where I feel like uh, uh, I'm growing and developing in as we speak.
0: And that's a pretty awesome perspective. Amazing story. You know, 30 years you've been around and you've gone through so much. I coach basketball at the prep school level, and we have lots of athletes that are like you, you know, that have to make that decision, that have to understand that life happens outside of sports. It's not always going to be, you know, Monday night football, like you said. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about your football career and, you know, really your dream of playing football. Tell us how that all started. That's a great
1: question. I just remember, you know, my mom always told me, even when I grew up, you know, I never wanted any trucks or anything. They tried to buy me different types of toys. I always had a ball in my hand, whatever it was, a baseball, football, basketball. basketball. Um, you know, my dad played football growing up. And I think that my passion kind of probably came from my dad and just his love for the game as well. And he was also my coach growing up at the youth levels. Um, but, you know, my career was pretty standard. You know, I started playing at six, you know, peewee football all the way through high school, um, college and you know I, it's funny because ever since i can remember football was the only thing i ever wanted to do you know every time you know they would say hey what do you want to be when you grow up i want to be a football player and so um it's so funny now because you know i feel like i went through a stage you know that was like a two to three year you know when i finally stopped playing football after i came to europe in 2019 um, i went through like a two to three year phase where i was just basically I felt like I was a child again trying to recreate myself because uh, I didn't really have any hobbies before that either. I said, okay, well, you know, I can coach, which I still currently do. But um, at the end of the day, you know, life goes on, like you were just saying. And that's something that I believe is part of my purpose as well to preach to young athletes who have dreams of going professional that, Hey, those dreams are amazing. You should not give those up, but understand that there's so much power in a plan B and having a plan B Because the chances of you making the pros, we all know, are very slim. And even once you make it, the career, you know, the career lifespan is not very long either. And I believe there's so many athletes who just get caught in this identity crisis when they they only connect with themselves as an athlete, but they don't realize the capabilities that they have within themselves. If they were to just kind of open their mind to life outside of sports or life beyond just, you know, physical athletic ability on the field. Um, but this is obviously something that took, that I didn't learn till you know, about two, three years ago because I was stuck in that mindset because um, it's just, you know, I also think a part of it too was, you know, growing up with, in a single parent home, uh, I wanted to take care of my mom. And we all know in the NFL, you make millions of dollars and you're financially set. That probably played a role in it too, as I'm sure as it does for a lot of athletes. You know, but obviously, you know, just doing it for the money is not, the right reason either so my career i would say now looking back on it it was basically a preparation time it prepared me for the next stage of my life which i'm about to enter and which i am currently you know, pursuing but if you would have told me that five years ago i would have looked at you like you had three heads and said you're crazy you know that's not there's no way you know this is what i'm supposed to do i'll figure it out afterwards but you know that's a wrong mentality and i see a lot of athletes in my situation get stuck in that mindset. And then, you know, later in life, they're, you know, they're, they're stuck trying to recreate themselves. And while, you know, I think, and I think you can be so much better off while you can do both, you can focus on your athletics but also understand, Hey, what other sides of my personality, what other sides, what other character traits do I have that can help me succeed in other roles, whether that's in business, whether that's becoming entrepreneur afterwards. Um, So it's just something that I learned and I feel like I take responsibility and And talking to my kids about that as well and just kind of helping them understand that there's so much power in the plan b don't identify yourself strictly with athletics because you know life goes on like we just talked about
0: it's pretty amazing from one coach to another coach to hear uh, somebody say that you need to have a plan b i always tell the guys when i coach you know i played basketball at a pretty high level and it didn't work out you know i'm I'm the same size as you, 5'10". Obviously not uh, the sport that I'm really (laughs) going to excel at. But letting them know that you don't have to stay inside one lane. There always can be multiple lanes. It's just whatever you choose you want to do. You know, I coach a gentleman on my team right now who's a really good singer, and I push him all the time to get his musical talents going because Mm -hmm. this basketball thing might not be it. And you want to make sure that you're using all your resources and testing it out. When the NFL wasn't in the books for you, Tell us about some of those stressors that you had. You know, you told us about how you were able to cope with it, but that it all came to you at once. Tell us a little bit about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so like I, I'll go kind of reflect on this moment again. Um, I remember it was after a, uh, a game, my sophomore year, was Saturday night, and it was actually funny. It was after, it was my first start as a quarterback at, at college level. It was after my first start, and we won the game. Um, but you know, I kind of said, huh. I just kind of sat on my bed and said, okay, so now what? Okay, I, I accomplished my goal of becoming a starter in college. You know, I won my first start. But I didn't feel that kind of emotional connection with the game anymore because um, I guess I just kind of realized that I was playing, in a sense, for the wrong reasons. I was playing for, for others, to provide for my mom, to provide for my family, um, you know, to be an NFL player, to say I, I got drafted, I played in the NFL. Um, But I feel like, you know, after that game, I kind of just said, hey, it's not important because at the end of the day, I'm going to leave this earth one day. Um, We all are. And honestly, it doesn't matter how much money I made or if I go to the NFL, what's going to matter is, you know, how I impacted others. And what I realized at that point was I was heading down a path of uh, I don't want to say mediocrity. But a path that is typically taken in America, you know, you go to school, you play college sports, you get your degree, you work, um, and you know, it, it's quite possible I would have had success in that. There's no doubt. I, I believe I would have been successful in a typical corporate career. However, I guess my biggest fear was, um, you know, leaving this earth and not having ever impacted anyone's life in one way or another, and that kind of drove me to make that decision to, to leave school, and I think. After that, after that game in college, I said, "You know what? The emotional connection isn't there. There's something. There's something wrong here. I should be happy right now. I should be, you know, so excited. I just got my first college start and first college win. But you know, I didn't have that. Um, and that's when I realized that my path had to change to more of a path of obviously uncertainty, um, but obviously and hopefully a path of impact where I would put myself in a position to." you know, impact the lives of others. Um, and I guess that moment just kind of really sticks with me today. And it's one I share because if I didn't have the courage and if I would have said, ah, okay, yeah, you know, everyone has thoughts, everyone, you know, doubts themselves, doubts their situation. Um, then I probably would have continued playing, would have had a job, but I never came to Europe and would have never written the book that I have or never done the things that I have here and have been a blessing to be a part of. So, um, and, I, and that's another thing I connect people with is just when you have those feelings, um, don't ignore them because I believe those are potential growth points in, in a lot of people when they realize that, hey, my life's not going in the direction I want. Here's a possible direction it can go, but here's these obstacles. I don't know if I can get over those obstacles. Um, and you know maybe some people can't due to their situation. Maybe they have families that they're responsible for, but what I challenge people and I challenge people that I work with is go towards those obstacles because that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to grow. And and at the end, even if you fail, you won't have regrets. Um, and so for me, it was just, it's an amazing moment that I can kind of use to hopefully inspire others uh, because I believe we all have those moments where, you know, we kind of just cope with ourselves and, and rationalize with ourselves and debate our situation. And maybe we know we want to have a change, but, there's obstacles in the way. And uh, I just try to challenge people to, to accept those and go
0: towards them. Way to have courage, man, to make that decision. That's a really difficult decision to just yeah. straight up walk away from the thing that you love. You know, I had the same thing. I had to make a decision on whether or not I felt like I need to concentrate on school or should I still be playing basketball? What, what do I need to do? And I think it's amazing because you're exactly right. You know, people live mediocre lives because they don't try, because they're worried about the resistance that they're going to have in order to try that new thing, whatever it is. And you need to go to those things. You need to test them out because you'll have regret. You don't want to be that guy who always sits around with his friends and says, you know, remember when grade 10, when I hit that buzzer beater, and that's the only thing you have now, right? You don't want that. You want to make sure yeah. that you explore every avenue that you can. That's us at self-care. You, We live by the slogan level up. That's how we are. Cause we're never looking backwards. We're always moving forward. Even if it's a failure, we feel like we got closer to the goal and that's how it is. I'm really interested to hear, you know, you just talked about school and now we're talking mm-hmm. about getting into Europe. How did you make a decision yeah. to head over?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's also something that I feel like is uh, a funny story. I guess you could say, um, it's funny because we, I just talked about, you know, walking away from football, but it turns out that I was led right back to it. Um, and so basically what happened was, you know, I was, I, like I said, after I left school, I moved back home. I started working that construction job. My mom at the time was working for a, um, a company who they helped foreign exchange students from Europe come to the States, you know, get them families to live with and everything. And she had told me about a conference that she was going to, and uh, I believe it was Portugal. And, you know, it just kind of struck my curiosity because, you know, I've never been, I haven't been to Europe before that. And uh, I said, huh, I wonder. And so then I kind of thought back to the Madden games. you know, I don't know if you've ever played Madden, the video yeah. game, Yeah. you know, at the early version of the Maddens, they had the, they had the European league teams from NFL Europe and I never kind of took them serious, but then I thought to myself, huh, okay. And so I just kind of did some research and I ended up finding this website um, which was exactly for, you know, American players who didn't make it to the pros in the NFL or in the CFL that could, you know, know, put their film, game film, highlights, whatever, um, you know, on display for other teams in Europe to look at and, you know, possibly offer them, you know, a, a contract for the season. And so that's what I did. You know, it was a, I created the free account. I put some film up and I didn't think anything of it. I said, oh, OK, whatever, we'll see what happens. Turns out about three or four days later, a guy messaged me. I thought it was a spam at first. He said, hey, my name's uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm an agent for a team in Poland. Could you be here next week? And, uh, you know, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect this. Um, and so uh, it ended up doing some research. I out I was legit. And um, obviously, like we were just talking about backlash from others. You know, I had backlash from family, friends saying, what are you doing? You know, you don't know anything about this place. But I knew, thinking back to that moment in my dorm room, I knew this was the change I could be looking for, that this could be the drastic change. Um, and so I decided to go and little to be known. Um, it was an amazing experience, you know, being on my own over there for, I think it was about six months. Um, my first trip to Europe, uh, you know, obviously some culture shock was involved, but, um, you know, I learned so much as a 20 year old at that point, I was 20 years old. Um, that made me want more and say, Hey, I wonder what you know, other countries are like. And so that kind of sparked my interest for travel. And, you know, after Poland, you know, that was kind of the start of my journey and i ended up being in year after was in france germany uh italy for three years um austria and i actually acquired italian citizenship as well because i realized how much i loved it over here and that i wanted to stay and through my you know family's bloodlines i was able to get my italian uh passport so now i guess you could say long story short i've kind of built a life for myself over here um and that all came from a decision that I made a decision that was backlash and that people said I shouldn't do that had create that has now created a life for me. Um, and if I would have just, you know, took the easy road out and said, you know what, you're right. I don't know anything about it. Maybe my life wouldn't ended up great, but you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything, especially the way it is now. And it all started from a decision that was made, uh despite backlash and you know that's what that's what it that's what life is about i believe you know those who choose to make those decisions um put themselves in a position to thrive and experience things from a lens that not many other people can see from and uh those are the people i believe who are destined to change the world and destined to have a deeper impact on society and um and leadership and you know i'm just so thankful for that decision i made cuz as a 20 year old i would say you know, a lot of twenty-year-olds probably wouldn't have made that decision, um, and so I could say that I did, and you know, I, I came out better on top. Obviously, adversity along the way, but you know, you know what they say: doesn't kill you, make you stronger. I believe that just from uh, my experiences as well.
0: Yeah, I can feel it, man. Since we started talking, we're like we're like-minded. I can tell that right out the gate, and there's always this philosophy, you know, athletes always know you got to trust your gut, whether it's a decision in a game, whether it's a life decision, there's always going to be resistance. There's always going to be pushback. There's always going to be people that judge you and you got to make sure that if you're content with it and you know that it's the right decision, then you got to go with it. Right. My self-care, you family knows that I'm a basketball coach. I'm interested to hear about how you got into football coaching and some of the experiences that you had, especially with like the culture shock and all that.
1: Um, I would say my experience as a coach has developed greatly in the past three three to four years. Uh, I'll be honest with you. When I first came over here from about the age of twenty to I would say about 24, 25, I was strictly concerned about playing. I wanted to play. I wanted to enjoy myself on the field, and I wanted to have success. And what a lot of people, um, people who know about American football in Europe, Basically, what happens is if you're an import player, an American player, you're brought there to not only play, but usually they ask you to coach the youth teams. And so at the beginning, I did that. Not a problem. I didn't really do it with passion, but I did it out of respect for my contract. But as time went on, I would say about three to four years into my my time, I really saw the uh, impact I was having on these kids and not because I was anything great. Just because I came from the States and, you know, American football, as an American football player, as an American in Europe, you're looked up to whether you want to or not, especially from the youth program. And I started to realize this and I started to realize how much of a responsibility it was. And I would say that's kind of when I started to shift my mindset to more of, hey, um, you know, these kids expect a lot of me. They're looking up to me. It's my responsibility to you know, lead them in the right direction, to help them where I can't and to be a good role model for them. And, you know, once I learned that, I could say, you know, the passion for coaching, specifically youth, really took off for me. Um, It's it's amazing. I remember my first real, uh, you know, youth coaching job in Italy. I was there for three years with the same team. I started working with these kids when they were probably around 13, 14 years old. And to see the immaturity at first and, you know, obviously I grew with them, but to see them become, you know, young men, you know, from 14 to 18, 19, and just to see that growth, because as you know, that's such a huge point in in a young person's life. Uh, there's so much that happens within that age, the high school age. And I kind of just related to my own situation. And I said, wow, you know, I can really use my, my, experiences to lead these kids and not only just on the field, but in their life. And, um, that growth that I saw with those kids really just made me realize, um, wow, how much there was a deep emotional connection also with those kids because you know they saw me grow as a coach, I saw them grow as, as young men. And it really just inspired me to want more and helped me realize that hey, you know, you were brought here to play football, but this is just your platform. Football is just your platform to um, help reach young kids and give them proper adult mentorship because a lot of the kids I worked with and still work with come from single parent homes. They come from poor financial situations, they're refugee children so they don't have proper adult mentorship in their lives. And I believe that's such a travesty. And and I I just do whatever I can to, uh, to give them that proper adult mentorship because I believe every kid has so much within them, but a lot of it doesn't get realized because, you know, no one's there and no one, you know, takes the time to bring it out. You know, there's so many kids I've I've worked with where, you know, at the beginning you would think, wow, this kid's just a troublemaker. He's not athletic. He has no potential. But if you look deep within a person, you can always find something that um, you know that's special. And that's something I kind of learned to do, and that I try to do with every person that I work with. Not so much look at the you know the downfalls or the flaws, but look how the the potential aspects within that person and. Um, I've been able to, I believe, um, inspire and help a lot of kids in that way. And, uh, that's something I take pride in as well. Every kid that I work with, I truly care about. And, um, it's kind of been a a process to where now I came over here to play, but I've realized, you know, midway through my journey that this was just a platform for me to really, you know, have an impact. And, uh, but that started, you know, I, I, I started off. As a coach, I was more like a player. I coached like a player, and I learned that you can't do that. Um, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. something that I, that I had to learn through experience. But uh, you know, I learned I think it pretty well within it took me about a year and a half, two years, and then I saw the deeper side. You know, I, then I saw okay, it's not just about what happens on the field. It's about because you see little moments in these kids' lives that you can relate to your own. For example, I had a I had a kid come to me, um, and he told me like I did. Hey, I want to go to the NFL. I want to play in the states. I said, Oh, okay uh great so what if that doesn't happen he said it will happen um you know i don't i don't need to do anything and i that's exactly how i thought at that age so then i said okay this is the the moment where i can kind of use my experiences to try to help lead this kid in a direction where to not crush his dreams to support that but also like we were talking earlier help him understand that um there's got to be more because uh you know life's so much more than just athletics
0: yeah, very much so. You know what? I don't think there's enough value put on coaches. You know, I remember every single one of my coaches. I grew up in the same situation you did, single household, you know, and my male role model was my coach. I was in the gym all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad wasn't around and you need that. You need that mentorship. Mm-hmm. And very much like you, you know, I'll, I'll share my story with coaching. I remember talking to my wife and saying like, it's time for me to give back. It's time for me to get into the gym and really start you know, for my mental health as well, because it does an amazing thing, but at the same time, just making sure that I'm creating relationships and trying to help out. And literally on my drive home, I came across this, uh, dragon sign. So the the organization that I started coaching for is the DK dragons. That's where they started out. So shout out to all my guys that with the dragons, (laughs) but, um, Um, I made a phone call and, and before you know it, I'm in the gym and I'm coaching a U 12 team and that, you know, few years later we we progressing as a team we're getting better i can see them starting to grow as young men and then we have covid right and we break for a little bit Mm -hmm. and then we get back in the gym and these young men get back in the gym and i see this kid just walk down the lane and boom dunk and i'm thinking to myself like this is a 11 year old kid i started this journey with right and now i'm seeing him you know produce tape so that he can try and go to college and you know talk to you like a young man and and now you have a different type of philosophy. they you know, they don't think of me as just coach. They think of me as a resource, someone that I can always help yeah. out or, or talk to. You know, we have guys that are reaching out to me now for resumes. They want, they need references and all this kind of stuff, right? So the impact that you have is bigger than you know. And the great thing about coaches is that we don't ask for the accolades, right? I don't know about you, but yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Yes.
0: My, my organization's never come to me with like, hey, you know, you know, we want to pay you or I have parents come to me and say, you know, do you get paid for all this? And I say, if I did get paid for all this, I'd give it right back to the kids that need it so that they can be here. Yeah. Because yeah. I get out everything I need out of basketball, I get from it. You know, I'm there coaching, mm-hmm. it's more about making sure that I help them out. So I love I love the way that you described it, you know, how you work through and how you inspire. I'm interested in really like, the grassroots level, you know, I know that the NFL is over there, you know, trying to promote the game and being in London and being in Europe and, you know, what's football or the American version of football look like over there in Europe?
1: Yeah. So it's definitely on the up and coming, obviously you have soccer here, which, you know, I, I don't believe we'll ever be taken over. Soccer is just the King, but, uh, I will say American football has grown so much, even in the 10 years I've been here. Um, You know, now they're talking about the NFL doing having games in Germany next year. Um, And especially in Austria, where I am now, um, they just had the European championships where Austria and Italy and I think Sweden and uh, Finland or Denmark were playing in the European championships. So literally nearly every country is playing American football in one way or another. I would say the popularity is definitely the popularity and level of play is probably the highest in Germany. Um. Austria is high as well, but just now in Germany, there's over, I think, 400 clubs, American football teams in Germany. And so the growth is just, it's real, and the interest is there. You know, the people know about the NFL now. They understand the game more and more. Um, Obviously, uh, it's still amateur in a way with a lot of clubs, but I will say last year they just started a professional league called the EFL. Um, it's the first real professional American football league in Europe. And I think they had a pretty successful first season. So I'm interested to see how that develops. Um, but I would say it's definitely on the up and coming. People know about it. Uh, they watch it. They understand it. Um, but, you know, there's soccer there and soccer is their sport. And so it's always tough to. Um, overtake that for sure. That because you know people just are drawn to their 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 city soccer team, just like we're drawn to uh, our NFL team, or in Canada maybe their NHL team, um, yeah. or basketball. But it's I would say it's on the up and coming. It's growing, and it's I'm just amazed at how it's developed within the ten years I've been here, and especially now with the youth level. There's um, kids playing football now who started at the same age as I was. In the states, so you know we have kids in our club that are six years old that are just starting to play, so they're growing up with the game, and so that's something that I think is also new and up and, and up and coming. So I think the future is bright for American football here in Europe for sure, um, and I'm interested to see the developments um, in the next ten years because I think you know I can't see it ever getting to the level like it is in the states, but I think it can be pretty close, especially if the NFL really starts to invest in in this market. So yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. It's good for the, that's, it's another reason why I coach too. I enjoy the game and it's a way for me to help grow the game uh, on an international level as well.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. You know, it's not about aptitude. It's about attitude, right? So you don't have to know everything about it, but if you got the attitude and you want to be there, you can grow. Right. I I live just outside of, I just live outside of Toronto. So it's the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's NHL hockey. It's that or nothing. Right except Mm -hmm. this Toronto Raptors basketball team just won an NBA championship a few years ago. And now we're at like a hotbed. Now we've got kids coming into NCAA, you know, going division one. We have, you know, our, our, basically our M NBA draft is got Canadians everywhere. We're littered everywhere. So we're Mm -hmm. starting, you know, we might be a little bit ahead of where football is in Europe, but we're starting to grow. And I love it because when I was a kid, there was nothing right I remember seeing the Raptors yeah. start and starting to see uh, you know I don't know if you know what the SkyDome is but it's the big stadium here in Toronto. Oh yeah, I know. Sitting sitting up in the nosebleeds trying to watch basketball and now it's at a spot where hey, you can get it wherever you want, you know what I mean? It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think that you'll get there for sure. It's a great sport. It's going to just continue to grow. Zach, I'm really interested to hear a little bit more about you know how you found your true calling to inspire people. You talked about it a little bit, but I'm interested to hear about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that kind of started from definitely, it's definitely the roots come from coaching, um, you know, starting to be a coach because, you know, when I was a player, I never thought that I would ever be a coach. You know, I didn't think that was something I had of interest in, but I would say, you know, giving it a try, um, and really committing to it. Um, kind of really helped me to shift my mindset towards this leadership development and understanding and trying to understand how leadership differs from country to country, um, especially the places I was at, because what I learned is uh, in South of Europe, for example, I couldn't approach my kids and coach them the same way as I do right now in Austria. Um, They're just, the, the culture is different and you have to be able to adjust your leadership strategy to the culture. And that's something that I found was so fascinating, just to be able to, uh, I don't want to say change your style as a, as a person, but in a way, adapt your, 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 or really adapt the traits that are within you, the character traits to the environment that you're in. And that's kind of where I realized how we as leaders and coaches have to be like a Swiss army knife. We have to be Uh, obviously be able to lead ourselves as a person, to, you know, set a good example. But we also have to be able to connect with different personalities and people from, you know, different places than we are, who are raised different than we are. And that really was something that, you know, kind of ticked my interest because I realized that I had the ability to do that, that regardless of who I was working with, I, I could find something about them where I could relate to my own life even if they came from a completely different background, there was always something where I could, you know, kind of really dig deep and understand and, you know, use that in my coaching. And that's something that also really helped me is just becoming a listener. And, you know, as a leader, you know, I think a lot of people in leadership roles, they think they have to speak first, but I think it's the exact opposite. We should listen first. And then after we listen to someone else's story, we can then find pieces of that story to connect with our own lives. And that's where I believe ultimately respect is earned. And I believe that once you have the respect of your following or your followers, then, you know, anything's possible as in a leadership role, because I believe that's the ultimate role. That's the ultimate thing any athlete wants and any leader wants is respect from their peers. Um, And so I believe just my passion um, to impact others came from my coaching experience and understanding That, you know, my experience abroad and my traveling experience and, you know, being on my own in different countries, learning new languages, that I could use those experiences to relate to each individual, regardless of where they came from. Because I was so used to being in that multicultural environment. And I believe nowadays, a lot of people, we reject others as a society I'm talking because they're different from us, because they don't have the same political beliefs, because they don't have the same religious beliefs. But what I found is regardless of how someone thinks, what God they worship, where they, you know, what they believe, you can always find something if you look for it. And I believe we as a society have just kind of look, try, decided to look away. And that's why, you know, I believe that's why a lot of problems still exist. And what I try to do is regardless of who I speak, I speak to or meet, look for the positive thing that I could find or the thing I can relate to. And once I find that, then I know I can strike a conversation with that person and earn their respect because of it. Um, And so I would say, like going back to the roots, coaching sparked this interest. But I believe becoming a coach led me down these paths and kind of opened my mind to, you know, this bigger scheme about you know societal issues that we're having and um, you know how people think on a multicultural level, Um, just because. I've worked with so many kids, even on the same team from different countries that spoke different languages. So I had this opportunity, you know, in the environment that I was in.
0: Yeah, that's so true. You know, it's about impacting people, but also making sure that you create genuine relationships. I think people can understand fake when they see it. Like if you just come at them and you're not listening, you're not caring about what they are, you know, what they're about. I think people are going to understand that and they're not going to come with the exact same energy for me. I'm, I'm a positive Mm. coach. You know, guys always laugh at me because I'm always joking around on the bench. It doesn't have to be like breaking clipboards and yelling at guys. Like it can be about (laughs) promoting positivity. Right. But at the same time, we're already here because we love one thing, which is basketball. I'm sure there's other things that we love as well. Right. And, you know, it's Pittsburgh to Poland (laughs) to Europe. You know, now we're here. I'm interested to hear about the Swiss army the you know, the small leadership strategy that Mm -hmm. you have. Tell me about it.
1: Yeah. So this is a strategy, like I just mentioned, I mentioned before about these leaders have to be a Swiss army knife. And this is kind of something I realized and I decided, Hey, let me take my experiences um, within the sporting realm and kind of, you know, connected in a book and use the Swiss army knife as kind of the strategy for my leadership. So I call it small leadership it stands for swiss army leadership but i also use the acronym suitable worldwide and adaptable because that's exactly what i believe effective leaders in our society uh, need to be they need to be suitable to the environment they work in Um, and you know worldwide meaning the melting pot society we live in you know we live in an international world where you know people are traveling and working in countries that they weren't raised in adaptable it's so key. We have to be able to adapt to our surroundings, uh, and number one, understand our surroundings and adapt our leadership strategy accordingly. And um, this is just uh, this strategy is something I, I turned into a book, and I use, like I said, a lot of sports references. But I believe so much that a lot of you know things that happen in sports also relate to business, um, because you know a lot of times sports is a business. But I believe sports teaches so much about life, but it can also translate into other aspects of life. And so a lot of the examples I use are from my coaching, playing experiences, um, but I believe they translate into, you know, just general aspects of life because what I've come to understand is um, regardless of, you know, what degree you have, you can be a doc, you can have a doctor's degree, a master's degree, you know, you can know all this information, all these accolades, but if you can't connect and relate to people, you're going to have a hard time having success in any position. And this is something that I found, um, because I've met so many people along my journey who have had so much success financially, you know, they have diplomas all littered upon their walls, but you talk to them for five minutes, and you just can't do it. They can't, you know, carry a conversation, they can't inspire. And this is something I also realized that, hey, I'm not saying education isn't important it definitely is but also um, adapting your you know personal foundation as a person leading yourself and you know developing as an individual developing character traits that are going to help you inspire others is an even more important step that often gets I can say swept by the wayside Um, and so that's something that I really try to uh, emphasize in my book this small leadership strategy and something that I hope one day will inspire, uh, international organizations around the world.
0: Well, you're doing the right work, man. And before you even said the word, I immediately thought of adaptability, right? Being able to adapt, mm-hmm. right. As a coach, you know, we're so used to identifying, you know, systems, right. Identifying what plays are being run, you know, making sure that we adapt to that. And you're totally, you're totally mm-hmm. right. You know, leadership's about adapting to your circumstance, adapting to your scenarios, where you are, your environment. And I think you can't keep coming with that exact same, this is the way it's got to go. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, we don't all have to be in the same lane, right? It can come at different directions. And you can make sure that obviously that you adapt to it and then provide your leadership once you listen to that individual and you find where the likeness is in between each other. I got a quick question for you, Zach. Sure, If you had a young athlete that's struggling with, you know, maybe the decision of losing a dream or facing some adversity or whatever it may be, what's some of the advice that you would give them?
1: The first thing I would say is it sounds simple and it sounds maybe unrealistic, but run towards it. And I really mean that run towards the adversity you're facing. Don't run away from it. Um, Because if you run away from it, you're never going to learn how to face challenges in life. And You know, as a young person, I believe that there's you have time and you're in a position where you can you can you can fail and and come back from it. Um, and so that's what I challenge my 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 athletes that I work fail. It's a good thing when you fail because then you learn how to come back. It's a good thing when you lose because then you learn how to grow better and you know improve for the next time. And and I believe nowadays, you know, kids um are vulnerable as it is, but I, I really try to preach to my kids to don't be afraid of failure and run towards adversity in your life. And like I said before, have a plan B, don't identify yourself with your sport because there's so much more potential within you um, that is outside of the sport. You know, you were put on this earth for a reason. And I'll tell you, no one was put on the earth just to play a sport. There's something, I believe we all have a purpose in life and that purpose is well beyond what oftentimes we give ourselves credit for. Um, We just have to be willing to open our minds And, you know, be aware to our surroundings and listen to the opportunities that come towards us. And I believe that once we start to do that, and, you know, if you're a young person and you, you know, open your mind to the opportunities around you, especially nowadays, and you're not afraid to, you know, take them on, you're going to excel far, far more than most
0: people your age, for sure. Great advice, coach. How can they get in touch with you? How can people get in touch with you if it's through social media or to purchase your book or just if they're interested in your leadership, how can they get in touch?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Zach Hoff 12. So that's at Z-A-C-H-O-F-F number one, two. You can find the link to my uh, to my ebook uh, in the description on my Instagram page. You can also check out my blog at swalleadership.org slash blog. I write a lot of blogs about leadership and, uh, you know, very other issues in sports and society. Um, and I also am a contributor for Brains Magazine. You can find my profile on Brains Magazine if you just uh, type in my name, uh, Zach Hoffman there. Um, but like I said, and anyone who's interested, if uh, they're not willing to or able to purchase the book, I'd be more than happy to send them free coffee. Just drop me a message uh, either at Instagram or you can email me at Zach, z a c h dot S-W-A-L, leadership, leadership at gmail.com.
0: You know what? We'll make sure everybody's got that information so they can get in touch with you. It's the small leadership strategy. It's my man, Zach Hoffman. Zach, I appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the show today.
1: Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you.
0: Thanks for sticking around to listen to the pod. And thanks again goes out to my man, Zach Hoffman. You know, the level of leadership has begun. And we're on a quest to help others, so make sure you check us out at selfcareyou.net for all the stuff that we got going on, that's for sure. This is Self Care You, and we definitely leveled up with Zach Hoffman.